Welcome back to Coco's Conjure. Here we discuss all things conjure, magic, wellness, folklore, and the occasional personal story. My goal, as always, is to give foundational knowledge and a touch of inspiration to help others build or add to their personal spiritual or magical practice. If you haven't guessed already, my name is Coco. I feel so blessed to have you here with me today. In this episode, I'd like to talk about the power of words, especially words in a magical sense. I was inspired to speak on this topic after reading Sarah Hall's account collected in Richard M. Dorson's book, American Negro Folktales. In episode two of the podcast titled Devilish Folklore, I introduced Professor Dorson's work. I'm not going to bore you with a complete rehash, and I do encourage you to listen to the previous episode if you haven't already. All you need to know is, is that Professor Dorson traveled around collecting folklore from black Americans that were one or two generations from slavery and moved away from the Jim Crow South. The tale I'm going to read to you is a personal account titled Curse of an Ex-Husband by Sarah Hall. Take a listen to her story. Mm-hmm. William Brown Lee was my husband. That house where you met him, the other side of Town Line Road. I bought that house at Sotus for $100 and had it moved here for $75. He'd never do any work, just lay around and buy light bread and peanut butter for himself and eat it in front of us. And during the winter, he'd make his children carry his mess outside. He would do it in the house, just too lazy to go out and call me names. Call me names. I birthed his baby fighting him. He had my boy put in the reformatory in Lansing and my daughter Odessa in the Adrian Reform School. She was going to school and had a baby, so they took her and put her in prison. Said she was too young to have a baby. <laughs> she was 14, and lots of younger girls around here had babies. <sighs> Brown Lee gave my two youngest children, seven and eight, to his daughter, and she's living with another man. They go out and play poker at night and leave the young ones fastened at home. When the church at Benton Harbor was going to help me, Brownlee stopped them and called me a whore. Year before last, two of my kids, Barbara and Effie Dean here, they were playing around his house. And they found some stuff in a bottle in the toilet. He had a piece of my bloomers and skirt and some roots and something like water but red in the bottle. That was hoodoo to me. The kids brought it back and poured it out, but it killed my father and my uncle. Papa came down from Muskegon and offered me a home with him after I broke up with Brown Lee. Brown Lee told my papa he'd never see my face alive again. My father went back to Muskegon to build our house and died in less than three months. My uncle, Cole Young in Benton Harbor, came out to visit me, and Brown Lee said, You'll never see his damn face again. My uncle died a month later, loving his wife. Then William Brownlee told me, you'll be the next one to be buried. And ever since, I've been having fits. Child, he spoke over that woman's family some kind of nasty. The uncle died making love to his wife. That has got to be traumatizing. And you know what? We can't be sure Brownlee didn't have a jar or a bag or a petition somewhere because he was obviously doing some work on her before. But what we do know for sure is that he let her know to her face that she and her people were cursed. Well, cursed to death. 
Man, he had that woman all shook up. She having fits and everything. And apparently, the gift of speech comes naturally to Brownlee. He, like his ex-wife, was interviewed by Dorson and gave a few folklore tales of his own. Um, Dorson described the first time he met Brownlee. You know what? Where's my book? Let me read it to you. Okay, here it is. He said, Someone gave me the name Brownlee, whom I found in a squalid cupboard of a shack, possessing only a verminous bed and a stumpy chair. Brownlee and a friend sitting in the doorway jumped up hospitably, offered me the chair, and fell to gossiping and storytelling most amiably. Impressively wrinkled, hawk-nosed, bulbed-eyed, Brownlee and his slouch hat and rags made an arresting figure. He ranted like an old-time preacher, discoursing on the iniquities of mankind, the white man's cruelty to the black, and his own hard lot. Brownlee appeared to be such an abused man, but a different opinion shortly reached my ears. <laughs> Very different opinion, if you ask me. Brownlee had old Professor Dorsey fooled by simply spinning tales and waxing philosophical. He had the ability to make people listen to him. Dorson had to travel a ways down the road and meet his ex-wife to get the real deal story. And let me tell you, that story, that story is a nasty one. So, you know, this got me thinking. Words are freaking powerful. I think as practitioners, especially modern day workers, we're quick to reach for the candle and the herbs and the oils. And when I say reach, I mean head down to the local botanica or bell book and candle and buy our supplies for whatever work we're doing. This mindset of buying our solutions is nurtured into us because it keeps our society going. You know, you need dollars to survive. So we monetize our talents to leverage bread, water and four walls like tis life. Nothing can be done about that. But before we reach for the car keys or hit Etsy, I think we should learn to utilize our own spiritual power in its rawest form. I'm sure there are many ways we can tap into our spiritual power, but I'd argue the easiest way is by speaking over our situations. We got to use our words, <laughs> especially since they're free. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't personally claim any super special supernatural gifts. You'll never hear me call myself a prophetess or a seer or any of that. I think that's a very special talent and that's something you should not fake. But cousin, I know for a fact when I get going and when I say my piece, things happen. Things move. Okay, so some of y'all will probably be like, this is just manifesting. This is the law of attraction, Coco. You ain't saying nothing we haven't already heard. But, you know, just in case I, I'm saying something new for some of y'all. Manifestation is the belief that the universe will match the energies or desires that you transmit. It can be traced back to the New Thought movement. New Thought was influenced by Christianity, Hinduism, and Enlightenment thinking. The idea is pulled to a very simple idea. You are literally made up of universal matter and the divine spirit. Because of this, what you say or think is what will become. If you are filled with negative thoughts, you become sick. If you think positive thoughts, you will manifest prosperity and wealth and this and that and grandeur and, you know, all that stuff. The new thought movement is the foundation of many self-help tactics with manifestation at its center. If you want to learn more about this, check out Pastor Norman Vincent Peale's book, The Power of Positive Thinking, or Rhonda Burns' book, The Secret. 
Hell, you could probably go on TikTok right now, type in manifestation, and you'll have all the Christian girlies and the New Age girlies and the witch girlies talking to you about how you can speak the life you want into existence. Like, manifestation has got the girls in a chokehold. Now, there are some pros and cons to this old manifestation law of attraction thing. The biggest con is this idea that negative thoughts and words you speak over yourself or your situation will make you sick. I'm going to go ahead and nip that in the bud. It's not going to make you sick. You get sick because of germs and genetics and life just, you know, lifing. You don't get sick because you have a nasty inner monologue. Now, a nasty inner monologue might stop you from seeking help or treatment. It might be a symptom of something else going on. But a nasty inner monologue did not cause your cancer or flu or arthritis. I can promise you that. Same for saying something positive. Just because Sally says out loud in an open field under the moon that her cancer is cured doesn't mean that it will be. Taken to its utmost extremes, the whole manifestation thing is downright dangerous. And it breeds toxic positivity. That's something else we should put on the table. It literally is telling you to always think positive, always see the good, always be love and light. And you can't be. You can't do that. Life is life. Shit sucks and then you die sometimes. Like, you can't always be positive. And it's not your fault if something bad happens to you, especially because, you know, we're all just trying to get through and sometimes things are out of our control. The pros of this whole manifestation law of attraction thing is that when you speak over yourself like you already have whatever it is you need and you pour your spirit, your raw spiritual power into it, opportunities come your way and you are primed to see them and take advantage of them. The first time I consciously spoke over myself this way was at the start of my spiritual journey. Y'all, I had just moved to a new apartment in order to protect my peace. The kids living above me at my old place were like, Michael Jackson level of dancing above my head at night and I just could not do it but that's moving cost money then my car's alternator was like I don't feel like working today Coco then I had overdrafted my account and let me tell you I am serious about my money cousin your girl is not about that overdraft life and this was all leading up to this big family cruise I had to take and wouldn't you know it my paycheck before my cruise just did not process like Woke up on payday, no money in my account. I had already dipped into my savings to cover all the other financial mishaps. Cousins, I was broke and I was broken. You hear me? Broke and broken. So hear me when I say this. When I tell you I called my mother, I don't even think, I said, morning, ma, I just launched into a full rant. I was like, ma, I'm telling you this, and I want you to know it's coming from deep in my spirit. I don't know who else is going to hear this, but I need everything and everyone to listen up. I will no longer leak money. Whatever this is has got me crossed up. I don't want it. Y'all, I'm quick to say I don't want something. (laughs) Quick to say I don't want something. But, yeah, I was like, I do not leak money. Whatever this is, whatever has me crossed up, I'm putting it down because I don't want it. Child. I think I called my best friend and my sister too and told them the same damn thing with just as much passion. No candle, no herbs, no oils, no mojo bags, no petitions, no jars. I didn't pull a tarot card. I didn't go get a reading. I didn't make a vision board. I just saw the problem. Then I pulled whatever I had from deep 
deep, deep in my belly. And I said it for everything and everyone to hear me. Like, petition with without the paper and the pencil and the formal address to whichever chosen spirit I'm working with. It was raw and it was a full spiritual burst of power on my part. Uh, side note, years later, I took this online one-off class with Dr. Andrew Mark Henry. He runs this channel called Religion for Breakfast. He actually has a video about manifestation worth checking out. Anyway, the class was on early Christian exorcisms. In this class, he was talking about how these Christian holy men would just shout at temples that held pagan gods or spirits to exorcise whatever deity was believed to be in that temple, right? There was a bit of a formula to how they did it, but Dr. Henry called it charismatic exorcisms. And I like that phrase, charismatic exorcisms. <laughs> so yeah, I was charismatically exercising whatever was making me leak my cash, whatever it was, be that an outside influence or just the funk of life I fell into, charismatic exercised, pulled it deep, deep from my gut. And wouldn't you know it, things started lining up for me. It took a little bit of legwork on my part as well, but things just fell into place. My paycheck was mailed to me. And when I say mailed to me, I mean when I checked my mail the next day, it was in the mailbox. I was packing for my trip and found like a $20, uh, $20 gift card and like $40 in cash in an old purse. The bank didn't put up a fight when I told them that uh, that overdraft uh, thing was their fault and not mine. The lady at the bank just said, Sorry about that, Coco. I see where the mistake happened on our part. I'll go ahead and reverse that and waive the fee. Y'all, I went on my trip and I was getting deals left, right, and center on drinks and spa packages. Think I came back from that trip with like $300 more than I had budgeted to lose. Did I get a whole bunch of money? No. Did I stop leaking money? Heck yeah, I did. And that's all I needed in that moment. I've heard stories of this in my family, too. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much because I did get my grandmother to speak on some of this uh, for the fourth episode of my podcast. But my grandmother would go to nursing homes and she would pray over people. She wasn't set to cure anyone or, you know, do any laying of hands or the, the whole, you know, show that you see on TV. She just wanted to ease their spiritual pain and help them face tomorrow when it came. And the nursing homes loved to have her and whoever she came with stop in because the patients were happy to get that blessing. I actually saw her in action once when she visited my uncle in a nursing home. She had the holy oil and prayer, and that's it. And the nurses and the patients were edging her on. Whatever it was she had, they wanted a piece of it. I heard stories of a few other times when my grandfather was sick in the hospital. My great-grandmother would come to visit him, and she would pray over him, and she would uh, speak wellness and health over him and you know my grandma said that, you know the doctors didn't think my grandfather would make it but that visit from my grandfather that visit from my great-grandmother was a turning point for him and he did make it he lived a very long time I'm a big advocate of taking the dark with the light you know this uh, so I have to admit sometimes I did not use this ability always for good I'm, I'm not gonna lie about that um I got guardianship over my sick uncle, the one that my grandmother visited in the nursing home. Uh, I got that guardianship because the person that he was living with just wasn't taking care of him. They were leeching his money and allowing him to get sicker and sicker without any care. When I came to pick up my uncle, 
I definitely pulled a brown lee on the original caretaker. I said it straight up that until they made right what they did wrong, they would never prosper or succeed in any of their endeavors. As far as I'm aware, they aren't adulting very well. Just one bad choice after another. Mm. Bless their heart. Okay, <laughs> lighter things. So some folks don't have the gift of words naturally. Like they don't know what to say in situations or they can't get a poem together or a haiku together or whatever. That's where holy text comes in. As a hoodoo, and frankly, I feel like most North American folk magic practitioners get this, but as a hoodoo, the easiest one to reach for is a psalm. The Power of the Psalms, uh, an actual book, is a great resource. It's this thin blue and white book that just lists all the psalms, and in the back there's an index on how to use them. When I was at my old job and super depressed, I would use a psalm, and uh, over time I developed it into a ritual. I'd burn a peace powder blend I made for myself. Ooh, I can still remember how it goes. Hold on. It's Psalm 143. It goes, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no living thing is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfalling love. For I have put my trust in you. Mm. Show them the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. My spirit, your good spirit, lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life and your righteousness. Bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. So like any time it said enemies or something I was against, I would say depression or the job or whatever it was. And this really helped me. This truly helped me. Now, anyone who has listened to my first episode knows that I do not consider myself Christian <laughs> or Jewish for that matter. Uh, so you're probably like, how are you reading Psalms if you don't believe in capital G God? I will not deny that there is power in the Psalms. Full personal opinion. I just want to make that clear. Full personal opinion. I think that there is power in words because we as people put the power in the words. When I read this psalm, I invoked not just my own spiritual power, not just trying to banish my own depression and anxiety, but I also invoked the residual spiritual power of anyone else who has read this psalm prayerfully. And when I channel that power through me and release it into the universe and aim it at my problem, how can I be stopped? Now, that can't be scientifically proven. Again, this is my own personal opinion, my own personal gnosis. And I believe you can do that with any holy text or any text of importance. By text of importance, I mean something uh, that people say often and hold in reverence. Think like um, Maya Angelou, Still I Rise. Mm. Yeah, that one goes, you may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may tread me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? 
because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room, just like moons and like suns with the certainty of the tides, just like hope springing high, still I rise. Cousin, you trying to tell me you can't use that poem to uncross or use it in a spell to stop gossip. Is it holy text? No. Is it a text of importance? Is it something that we say often? Do we hold the author in reverence? Heck yeah. So why can't we use that to uncross or to stop gossip? And this extends to songs too. I absolutely love to sing. I mean, (laughs) I don't sing well, (laughs) but I do love to sing. I have a playlist dedicated to my practice. I got multiple playlists dedicated to my practice. Um, I've got a money playlist, self-love playlist, ancestor playlist. On my self-love playlist, uh, I've got Beyonce's You Won't Break My Soul and like Nina Simone, I'm Feeling Good. Ooh, cousin, don't even get me started on Prince's song, Let's Go Crazy. He said, I don't know if you ever listened to those lyrics, but he said, we're all excited, but we don't know why. Maybe it's because we're all going to die. And when we do, what's it all for? I better live now before the Grim Reaper comes knocking on my door. Are we going to let the elevator break us down? Oh, no, let's go. Child, I got the air guitar out. (laughs) I'll be jamming around in my room. I'll be jamming around in my apartment, kitchen, living room, just jamming to Prince. And I'm like, you right, Prince. I only got this one life. I might as well do something good with it. Like, automatic lifting of the spirit. Automatic, like, just joy filling my apartment from this song. And listen... My playlist is blasphemous, too, because I got, like, gospel music on there. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Listen, my sister, big sis, come over. Uh, like, she, she comes in from California. She got her tambourine. I got my drum and my maracas. We be having a full gospel service in here, let me tell you. (laughs) And I sing a lot of gospel music when it's time for ancestor veneration or the victory is mine. I sing that when it's something I don't want. Remember, I'm quick to say I don't want it. Y'all can keep it because I don't want it. I'm quick to say it. If they get me, if a situation gets me real twisted up, and the I don't want it don't work, I, I launch right into victory is mine. I will say it right then, right there. Peace is mine. Joy is mine. I don't want whatever it is you got because victory is mine today. So you can keep that. <laughs> when I need to just rejuvenate my spirit and get some work done, I'm quick to give a full concert over my altar. Y'all, I know my neighbors be mad at me. I'm like them kids who were stomping above me at the last place I lived. Horrible. you want to know what I love most about speaking over your situation or praying over your problem or manifesting with managed expectations is that it's a foundational practice. You don't need an altar. You don't need to know how to perform rites. Uh, You don't need to know what powder oil candle combo color to use. If your money is acting funny, you just pull out your phone and you Google song for money. Or you say, hey, Siri, play Bitch Better Have My Money by Rihanna. Or you do like I did and just shout it out for the spirits to hear you and make known that you will not suffer financial leaks any longer. Full charismatic exorcism. Boom. Full spell. Work done. 
eventually, if you want to, you can start incorporating all those other things I talked about. I think that layering your work is a sign of a very seasoned practitioner. But when you don't have the time or the means to get fancy with it, just reach deep, deep, deep in your belly where your spiritual power sits and speak your truth as is. All right. So we've reached the questions and answers portion of the podcast. If this is your first time here, uh, what I do is I go through Reddit and Facebook and the boards, the webs, and I find questions that beginning practitioners or uh, just seeking people have uh, and try to answer them. This first question comes from Reddit. Uh, The question is titled, how to ban a man from entering your home? How do I magically ban someone from entering my home or at least make them not want to enter? I don't think I want a banishing spell because I'm not trying to send them away altogether. I just don't want them in my house. This is a really good question. So don't want a banishing spell, but you don't want them in your house. Um, the first way to do this magically, I'm going to assume that you did all the mundane things like tell this person never to come to your house or if that person is with a friend or something you were like hey listen don't don't bring them here (laughs) so I'm assuming we did all the mundane things necessary um but magically spiritually one of the things you would do is um the next time this person's in your home you want to sweep you want to sweep and maybe even uh, sweep over their feet a little bit now as a hoodoo I know some hoodoos out there like oh my god you trying to like sweep away their luck and all their prosperity no what we're trying to do is get them get them out of the house we're trying to use the broom and that sweeping motion to move that whatever they got on them and because it's attached to them them as well out of the house that's a that's a easy normal one to do um to make sure they never come back you would probably want to put up something around your home uh for example i use a broom that I have upside down at my front door. Um, If you were walking into my house, you probably would never notice it. Uh, But that broom, basically upside down, it catches anybody and anything that wants to come into my house uh, so that way it it can't come past the threshold. Um, And if it falls over, I know that, you know, that magic uh, spell or whatever I did didn't work and someone is coming. And it, it works for me. Um, I, I'd use the broom. I put it up. I prayed over my door as well. I used a psalm and prayed over my door as well. And sure enough, uh, I get a phone call from the leasing office. And they're like, hey, um, we no longer have a key to your apartment. For some reason, we lost the spare. Uh, and our maintenance men can't come in to do work unless you're home. So do you mind uh, dropping by so we can make a copy of that key? <laughs> Y'all know I ain't drop by so they can make a copy of that key. <laughs> I don't want the maintenance men in and out of my house. Not while I'm not here. I want to be here when someone's servicing my home. So, yeah, um, broom, broom to sweep them out, a broom next to the door, um, catches all that nasty stuff you don't want in your home and it wards off uh, people and things and spirits and whatever uh, that's trying to get into your home. And uh, I'm pretty sure you could use a psalm or an important text or whatever to speak over your door so that way uh, no one that 
should be in your home. Well, let me say that again. So that way, uh, unwanted guests don't enter. Um, my big sis cleansed her home, made it into like a sacred space. She's got wards up. She's got all that. Like, so this is a sacred space. This is a temple for her. Uh, and an old friend of hers had dropped by and they were just like agitated. Like uh, my sister has never seen her friend like this before. She was agitated. She just like um, wasn't sure of herself. And I think she's, my sister says she stayed for like five minutes and then was out of there, like hot footed it right out the door. <laughs> And uh, never came back. As a matter of fact, um, I think she, they ended up moving states, but the states, moving states, I think, had something to do with another thing that was going on. But, yeah, the person never stayed long in my sister's house and never came back. So sometimes if a person's spirit is just, like, yuck, like there's a lot of yuck on the, on their spirit, um, and your space is, like, feeling good and clean and feeling uh and full of the positive energy and stuff and you speak to you know the spirit of your home the your land spirit or whatever that is um and let them know hey listen I am your guardian this is a temple I'm gonna keep you safe you keep me safe like sometimes the spirit of your house will just push the person out the door and they'll never want to come back which you know is always an option as well This next question also comes from Reddit. Uh, it says, can anyone please advise me on how to practice magic in my everyday life? So I've dabbled in a little bit of spells and witchcraft in the past, but I know practically nothing about it. I'm looking for any advice on adding it to my everyday life during activities. Okay. So the person's dabbled. They're into the witchcraft space of things, uh, but they know nothing. <laughs> And they're looking for advice on how to add it to your everyday life. So, um, listen, uh, if you know nothing, you can do nothing. That's where I sit. So first things first, you need to study. <laughs> I would suggest that you uh, study a few different traditions, like softly study a few different traditions, and then deep dive into one or two that really, um, you know, butters your bread. And then from there, you'll all automatically know what activities to do during the day to um, to practice magic daily. So, like, I'm a hoodoo, for example. That tradition uh, is very specific. I'm not necessarily going to reach for the, uh, what is it, the lower banishing ritual of the pentacle, something like that. Like, I'm not going to reach for that. Or, like, I'm not going to reach for a ceremonial magician's uh, trade just like that ceremonial magician might not get their broom and sweep their front porch <laughs> you know what I mean like it's sometimes it's very tradition specific, uh, specific um and I gotta be honest with you I am not someone who is interested in practicing magic every single day um I do work when work needs to be done and I do some maintenance work meaning like uh keeping my home uh, blessed and as a temple, um, cleansing myself, cl cleansing my head, um, uh, doing some divination for myself, uh, 
like that kind of stuff that's maintenance because if I'm always ready I never have to get ready that's you know that's my one of my models of life so I would say that if you're looking to find things to do it every day first things first is you need to learn uh, what your craft is about you need to study a few traditions you need to um, figure out your practice a little bit and then as you're figuring out your practice you'll probably come to understand that you don't have to do magic every day <laughs> um, and that work is done when work needs to be done hello grace Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you guys heard, but my cat just meowed at me. She's like, it's dinner time. I have to wrap it up. Okay, so um, one of the things that I think is uh, really easy to do if you already have an established practice and you want to do a little something magical every day is you want to incorporate it into your daily life routine. So you pick up, uh, like, different habits that you can attach the magic to, you know, you make break breakfast every morning. So, you know, speak over your breakfast. Uh, this meal nourishes and strengthens my body and it rejuvenates my spirit. Done. Simple spell over the food. You're driving and it's raining outside uh, through roaring uh, fire and raging rain through howling wind and quaking earth. Uh, I get to my destination safe and sound. Boom. <laughs> like easy spell it's not something you should have to reach for when you start to incorporate it and live the lifestyle of of a, like live a, a magical lifestyle it's something that just is it's something you just do um and again it's very tradition specific uh but you'll find that those things that you start to incorporate into your life are usually attached to habits or um things that you do already so yeah Okay, so thank you so much if you reached it to the end of the podcast. My cat has decided that she would like to sit on my feet, so I guess I need to get up and feed her <laughs> and myself. Um, if Before I go, though, I would like to remind you to please leave a like, subscribe, comment, all of those things to help boost the channel so that way others can uh, hear what I have to say, maybe get something out of it as well. Um, before I go, I just want to let you know that you deserve great things and your blessings will come to you if you call for them. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>